In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the second Sunday of Mesra, and today the Gospel is from Luke chapter 5. And as I mentioned to you last week, Mesra is the last full month in the Coptic year, and so at the end of the Coptic year, the Church is placing special emphasis on repentance, judgment, stewardship. And we'll see that in the upcoming weeks as well. We saw that last week and we'll see it in the next week. Today, it was, the Gospel was about the call of Levi. Levi was a tax collector. And when the Lord called him, he left his tax office and became a follower of the Lord Christ. And, Jesus, and, and Levi, he changed his lifestyle. Can you imagine the lifestyle change that Levi went through to become a follower of Jesus Christ. He changed his life completely. He was transformed. The tax collector became evangelist. And this is the effect that the Lord Jesus Christ should have on our lives. Jesus should affect the way we live. And that's why today I'm calling today like a Jesus lifestyle. Because all of the readings of today show us the importance of this Jesus lifestyle, or a Christian lifestyle. I want to talk about Levi for a moment, and let's start with his name. The name Levi was one of the names given to the sons of Jacob. And the tribe of Levi was very special, because the tribe of Levi was supposed to be... The priests, to serve as priests. And the tribe of Levi, they were not given land. They didn't have inheritance like the other tribes. Because as the scripture says, the Lord was their, inher- the Lord was their inheritance. Like all the Levites, their blessing is that they get to be priests and they get to serve in the temple. And Levi is supposed to be a priest. He's supposed to be a priest. His life is supposed to be for serving God and the temple. But Levi actually did neither of those things. He became the opposite. He actually was living like a tax collector. And Levi, to me, he is living in direct contradiction of his name. His life did not reflect the origins of his name. And our Lord, the physician of the soul, came to heal Levi, to restore his name, to give him a new name, worthy of a new life. And I feel that many of us, we could be like Levi. Many of us are named after the saints. Yani Marra was reading a story in the Sinexar, and it was about a heretic named Athanasius. Can there be a heretic named? Like, is that possible? Wahid, you could named Athanasius and he be a heretic? Athanasius, that's the one who crushed all of the heretics. This person not living to his, to his name. And the question for us today is, does our lifestyle reflect the origin of our names? And I could speak about many of your names. But that might be offensive, so I'll speak of one. Yani, and I love like Saint Catherine of Alexandria, and I believe she's a great model of you for youth in our generation. 
She was born into a very noble family, well-educated, very beautiful. But most importantly, she was very bold in her faith, in her boldness for Christ. So when she saw the persecutions happening against Christians, she spoke out against the emperor. And the emperor was enamored with her beauty. He didn't want to torture someone so beautiful. So what he did is he decided to bring 50 philosophers to debate with her. And this is the part that I love about St. Catherine, is that St. Catherine destroyed all of these philosophers. And many of these philosophers became, became Christian. So when, like, Michelle and I named our daughter Catherine, I hope and pray that her lifestyle will be like, and her personality will be reflective of, St. Catherine. And the same is true for everyone who's named after the great saints. Like everyone, we should have a relationship with the saints we have been named after. So when someone looks at us, when someone looks at you, like I'm looking at you, you should be reflective of the great saint that bears your name. And we should see the great saints in everyone that we see. And if you have a generic name, who has a generic name here? And I pick on someone who has a generic name. Do you have a generic name? Uh, you should be the one who sanctifies that name. Like St. Catherine, she was like, her, her father was a governor named Constas. Like, oh, he, didn't, he just named her Catherine. But now we're all naming after... Like this great thing. So, Yanni, the future generations, hey, name after Hadaratkum, your holiness, you know? Because you will sanctify the name. You will sanctify the name for the future generation. And to those, um, and you, to those who Yanni, are not buying this, I would give you another explanation. That all of us are called Christian. So all of us bear the name of Christ. So our life should be reflective of Christ. That's why at the end of the commemoration of saints, we pray, and all the choir of saints, through whose prayers and supplications, have mercy on us all, and save us for the sake of your holy name, which is called upon us. For the sake of your holy name, which is called upon us. So all of us, we have the name of Christ. That's why, Yanni, it's very sad to see celebrities. The other day I was seeing something about a celebrity. And his name was Christian, or a variation of Christian. But their lifestyle is everything opposite to, to Christian. Today is a reminder to live up to our name. To live up to our names as Christian. Levi, he was supposed to be a priest. And the Lord gave him actually a better priesthood. Gave him a better priesthood and gave him a new name and a new life. To become Matthew the Evangelist. So how can we live a Jesus lifestyle? Live according to your name. Live according to your name. The name which he gave you. The name of the saints or the name of Christ, that you are Christian. The second way we can live a Jesus lifestyle is that when Levi received the call from the Lord, it's written that he left all. Christian life, Christian life entails leaving behind. 
Leaving some things behind. I love what St. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3. He says, But what things were again to me, these I have counted as loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, whom I have suffered the loss of all things. I've lost all things and count them as rubbish. I count everything in my life as rubbish that I may gain Christ. St. Paul, he found this treasure. He found the pearl of great price. And so he was willing, St. Paul, Matthew, the fishermen, they found the pearl and they were willing to lose all, to sacrifice all things for this treasure. Christian life is about cutting out, leaving behind the things that are no good, and replacing them with better and holy things. So I look at the life of St. Matthew. What did St. Matthew give up today? He gave up his profession. He gave up his profession. He gave up his way of life, his standard, you know, he's a very rich man. He gave all of that up. He gave up his home. He gave up his old friends for new friends. He gave up a lot in order to gain much more. And the Christian life requires us to give up. It requires us to leave all, sell all. You know the story of the rich young ruler? Sell all. Shmana, just, you come and follow you. Just sell part. No, you have to sell all. To become a follower of Jesus Christ, you have to make this sacrifice. Actually, the last verse in the gospel is very relevant to this point. The last verse in the gospel of today, it says, And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for he says, The old is better. What does that mean, the old is better? The verse speaks about the Pharisees who are satisfied with their way of life. They are not willing to accept the new covenant that Jesus is about to establish. So they're so content living in the old, so they say, la 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 la, I don't want to give up anything. I don't want to sacrifice anything. I don't want to change anything in my life. The old way of life is better. Is the old way of life better? No, the new way of life much better, but they're just so not willing to sacrifice. Oftentimes we are reluctant to sell or give up what we have because we are content with our status quo. But Christian life without sacrifice devalues Christianity. It's not authentic. Yanni, this morning I was looking at fancy purses. That's how I spend my Sunday morning. And some of these name brand purses that I was looking at, they retail for name brand thousands and thousands of dollars. More like the one I was looking at and or the the page I was looking at, every purse twenty seven hundred, twenty three hundred for the vicinity tira. Now you could get, if you could get, an authentic one for cheaper. If there was someone who was selling them for cheaper, that would make, and they were authentic, that would make all of them, and if one shop was selling authentic purses for this price, that would make all of them 
cheaper. It would devalue everyone's purse, you know? Like, right when Elon Musk did the price cut on the Tesla, everyone's car value dropped. It devalues everyone. Or if someone wanted to save a few dollars and they wanted to get one from another factory, one that looks the same, but it's not really the same, right? It won't be authentic. The only way to get the real purse, if you will, is that you have to go to the real store and you have to pay a lot. And then you'll be happy with whatever you got. It's nice, beautiful, whatever. Many people, I feel, are not paying full price for their Christian life. And they are doing, doing cheap stuff. Going to the cheap store and buying something that looks like Christian life, but not Christian life. So it looks like, it looks like you have a purse, but you don't have a purse. Like, this is fake. So, Mathalan, no relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, no personal Bible reading, no praying, no service, no tithing, no confession. Yani, just Mugarrad, we show up to take communion, keda, and we show up for church, keda, and then we live, either. It's not authentic. It's not authentic Christian life. So, we need to sell all. We need to sell all. We need to cut out of our life what is not necessary. This is necessary for the Christian life. This could be secular music. This could be news. This could be social media. This could be TV. This could be a relationship that is hurting my spiritual life. Perhaps I need to leave a conversation that's full of gossip or inappropriate conversation. Christianity requires us to sacrifice, to cut. If you want the real thing, you have to to cut. You have to sell all. You have to leave. This is the second important part of the Christian lifestyle, is that you have to sell all. You have to sell all. The third important part of the Christian or Jesus lifestyle is something I heard recently from a priest in California. He kept saying over and over, he kept saying, we need to build holy habits. And then I started thinking about it. Allah, Christian life is all about holy habits. How can you have a Christian life and you don't have holy habits? So, yani, I wish this could be a practice yani, for all of us. All of us were in a fast. The fasting time is not just in the fast I start to be spiritual, and then outside of the fast I don't be spiritual. Or during the fast I start reading the Bible, and then after the fast I don't do it. No. The idea of the fast is that you pick up a virtue, that this becomes part of life. You know, like we say in Lent, Lent, to attend an extra liturgy. That means then after Lent, you don't just drop every, like, you know, or you do matanyas in, in Lent. That doesn't mean you just stop doing matanyas after Lent. This becomes part of your life. This becomes part of your life. You're starting to build holy habits. That's why in the Gospel of today, our Lord Jesus Christ, He gave two parables about this. The first about a fabric, and the second one about... Wine. He says, no one puts a piece of new garment onto an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear, and also the piece that was taken out of the old or out of the new does not match the old. 
The reason the Lord said this in a parable is because new fabric hasn't shrunk. So if you put a new fabric on an old garment, when the new shrinks, it will tear the garment. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst and the wineskin and be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are preserved. New wine has to go into new wineskins because of the fermentation process. Gases and bacteria and enzymes and kulrat And so if you have an old wineskin, the wine, the fermentation process will break the old wineskin. So, a new wine demands new wineskins. A new patch demands new fabric. Our Christian faith requires a new lifestyle. It requires these holy habits. A new purified vessel. You can't take holiness and put it into something not holy. The holiness means the... Like a holy vessel. That's why the altar has to be consecrated. You can't just take a table and just do it on a desk. And do a liturgy. Like it needs holy things to make holy things. And then we get all of this through like sacrament of confession, through baptism. We become holy. So, our Christian faith requires the new lifestyle, requires these holy habits. To build holy habits... I want to give you a few pieces of advice. One is, to build holy habits, I would say set time. Set a time and make that time non-negotiable in your spiritual life. Set a time in your day, until you know your day, you know your idiosyncrasies, you know that better than... So set a time in your day devoted to your prayer and your Bible reading. You have to set a time. And the second one is to start small. And I speak with your father of confession. But start small, but be consistent. Be consistent. Consistency is the key to any habit. Even if it's very, very small. The third way, don't be discouraged by setback. Like setbacks. Oh, I missed one day. Oh, I didn't do it. Don't let failure prevent you from continuing to build this holy habit. Tomaya, so the three ways to build the holy habits. One, set a time and make it non-negotiable. Everyone has to have non-negotiable time. Inshallah, the earth is shaking and the sky is falling apart. I have time in my day dedicated for my Bible and my prayer time. Number two is, start small, be Consistent. And number three, don't let the setbacks. Of course, every time there might be the sky is falling. Okay, if one day Keda falls from you, it's okay. Don't let the discouragement take over. The fourth and final way to have a Jesus lifestyle is that this Jesus lifestyle impacts every aspect of my life. Don't let the Jesus lifestyle only affect a small portion. Yani, this Jesus lifestyle affects the way we interact together. It, that's why I like the Jesus lifestyle causes me to interact with each other with love. I love what the Catholic epistle says today. It says, He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in light. And there is no cause for stumbling in him. 
The Christian doesn't want conflict with others. The Christian is eager for reconciliation, eager to spread love. This is Christian life. It is about having love for each other. Last night, the last verse in the Vespers, it told us something very nice. To, to Arfin, what it said in Vespers last night? Said, Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. Do you have the lifestyle of a little child? And I was thinking about, you know what kills the lifestyle of a little child? Like stress and like little children and having fun and joking and and like beautiful. But when stress and lie and, 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 and pressure and, and conflict and, and ego and all of this comes in, then the child dies. Into what kind of life into you guys have? Into like children, nice, caring, friendly, or not children? Yani, I love the quote that we put on, uh, we said in the church a few weeks ago. Yani, I'll read it again. It said, Just as a child does not persist in anger, does not long remember injury suffered, does not remember when people upset him, is not enamored inordinately by the sight of a beautiful woman, does not think. One thing and say another. So you too, unless you have a similar innocence and purity of mind, you will not be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. Like this is about being Christian life. And you should be like children. happy, nice people, nice people. Another thing is, you should have the lifestyle of an evangelist. And I love that Levi, tax collector, became like evangelist. With the Shufus, they, Levi, after the Lord called him, what did Levi do? He made a big feast for all his tax collector friends. Why did he do a big feast for all his tax collector friends? Why? He wanted his tax collector friends to to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to give up this house and he's never going to be there ever again. But he wanted all of his friends to see the Lord Jesus Christ. And actually, he must have wanted everyone to see the Lord Jesus Christ. You know why I'm saying that? He wrote a gospel about the Lord Jesus Christ. So he wanted everyone to know the Lord Jesus Christ. In your life, do you want others to know about the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you want to share the love of Christ with others? Have that life that Matthew had. The other, the, the, the last part of lifestyle you see in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, that was the Pauline today. It spoke about how Christian, like how the life of Christ affects all my relationships in the family. Said children, you should... Obey your parents. I don't want to obey my parents. But this is the life that Christians ought to live. Is that it should be a life of obedience. Parents. He, didn't, he, didn't, he said, parents, don't provoke your children to wrath. Like Christian life is touching every aspect of life. How parents deal with their children. It talks about how masters should deal with their with their slaves. How slaves should deal with their 
masters. So Christian life should affect the way you deal with your boss. It should affect the way you do your homework. Yani Christians should do their homework differently than non-Christians. Because it says when when St. Paul's writing to the slaves, he says, Do your work as to the to the Lord. So everyone is doing their work as to the Lord. Christian life to be very different. If we let like these like this doctrine, this faith come into our heart, it will transform our life. I hope that we can live a Jesus lifestyle. I feel the readings of today are telling us we need to live a true Christian lifestyle. One, by living up to our name. By living up to our name. We are Christians. So remember your name. Remember your calling. Number two, leave all. You have to sell all. You have to cut something out of your life. And I feel the whole struggle of Christian life is cutting out. I need to cut. I need to cut. I need to move this. But then I cut and then I build holy habits. I build holy habits to have a Christian life. And then this Christian life and these holy habits then affect all of my behavior. They affect all of my interactions. We become like little children. I hope all of us, we can become like this little children. Glory be to God forever. Amen.